$1.9 trillion worth of COVID relief, set to be a major coup for the Biden government. Not a single Republican voted positively on this bill, and yet some are still looking to take some credit. Ed Blakely is a former Washington insider now living in Sydney, Australia. My name is Sean Britton from the radio station 2SER. Find us each and every week wherever you get your podcasts. Maybe subscribe or drop us a review at US of Ed, as well as on Facebook and Twitter. Before we talk about COVID relief, uh, Joe Biden is set to make a national address today to mark the one-year anniversary of COVID shutdowns in the States. Uh, Talking about the sacrifices made, the losses suffered by Americans during the last 12 months with over half a million dead, shutdowns continuing, only some light beginning to show at the end of the tunnel. Uh, What's there, do you think, to say, Ed? Well, I think you've said most of it. Uh, There is light at the end of the tunnel now. Job well done. In the first 100 days, what are we, less than 50 in, Joe can hit the mark. My first thing up is over the goal. Now, it's a long game. He has a lot more to do of voter suppression and many other things, but he's got some momentum now. And you'll note that following his address, he's going out to the states and out to communities to sell this $1.9 trillion. But he's not really selling that. He's selling his next bills that are becoming down the pipe. Most important of these is the infrastructure bill. So now they get people up on their feet, in their homes, little money in their pocket. They need a job. And that's where he's going after next. The relief bill, we're learning more about this one uh, all the time. Ed, what's the latest? Well, the latest is that uh, everyone who files a U.S. tax return under $75,000 for an individual, $150,000 for a couple, will get $1,400. People who have children get additional relief, around $3,000 per child. Uh, So this will be really significant because it will cut child poverty in the United States in half Mm. for the next several years. Interestingly enough, the Republicans are going after the same thing. So there's a good chance there'll be a substantial endowment, dowry, or whatever you want to call it, similar to the British, and I think we had one here, where every child is subsidized. That will make a huge difference to lower-income families. Now, obviously, there was some injury over the new minimum wage, the debate sort of not ending up in this uh, bill in particular. But looking at some of the other provisions, there's also... $31 billion for tribal governments and native programs. And one that they're talking about quite a bit now, $5 billion that will wipe out federal debts for black farmers or those of of non-white backgrounds. Uh, Chuck Schumer pointing to this one, saying the relief package will be the most progressive thing we have had in decades. So looking at that, looking at sort of dealing with some of the, the native issues, the race issues, and obviously the poverty that you mentioned just before, Is this really setting the agenda for the Biden government? Yes. And for our listeners who don't understand this, at the end of slavery, there was a program to give black farmers land. 
in those days, land was wealth. A hundred, uh, I believe it was 60 acres or six acres and a mule uh, in the Freedmen's administration. In some states, this happened. It was somewhat dotted landscape, but a lot of black farmers became sharecroppers and later owners of their own land, only very small tillage and supported by black agricultural colleges. They have survived. They have not thrived, but they have survived. And so this is kind of a legacy program to keep blacks in agriculture, because like here in Australia, agriculture is big and it's big money these days and putting them in the right kind of agriculture for today's marketplace will be really of assistance to them. They will be able to provide some of the agricultural goods necessary for school lunch programs and other programs that are very healthy. And many people don't know this, but George Washington Carver invented the peanut as we know it today <laughs> with peanut butter and a lot of nutrition. So, and finally, Blacks are moving away from California and upstate New York and so on, back to the South, many of them back to these lands that their great, great grandparents owned. They may not know enough about agriculture to make it go over in the beginning, but if they work collectively, they may make it go in a new economy using agriculture as the background. Well, I think we're going to be talking more about that agenda and, of course, the bills you mentioned that Biden will be selling next uh, into the near future. Still with this bill, though, Republicans are kind of on their old tricks, not a single one voting for the $1.9 trillion relief bill. Now, maybe they opposed it, but, uh, you know, maybe they opposed it genuinely, but some, like Republican Senator Roger Wicker, are now titling parts of the bill, in his case tweeting about independent restaurant operators have won $28.6 billion worth of targeted relief. That's relief in the bill he voted against. Now, we've discussed this, but it seems like Republicans still believe, as in the Obama era, that along with reducing voting rights, which we'll talk about in a moment, their best path to victory is still blanket obstruction. Would that be fair to say? Yes, but you said something else coming into this. A lot of Republicans are touting small business loans and other things that are coming out of this bill as their ideas because they did have these in the last round and joined the Biden administration in announcing some of these programs. And they want to take credit for the programs that got through that they were behind with a lot less money, but they want to take some credit for it because they know if they're behind the eight ball when they go out in the next couple of months to see their constituents and say they voted against this, they better say, well, I like this part. I just didn't like the other part. And you're going to find them liking almost every part of this legislation because if they don't, the chances of them returning to Washington are slim. <laughs> Is Joe Biden telling him, I'm going to give you bipartisanship whether you like it or not, whether you're going to vote for it or not? That's right. <laughs> uh, he's dragging them along. And that's a lesson he learned from LBJ. Meanwhile, in Georgia, Republicans are pushing forward with a bill to reduce voter access. 
uh, dozens of election integrity bills predicated on the fraud theories that Donald Trump put forward in the last election. Uh, Mike Duggan, the Republican state senator, admitted there was no fraud but claimed you don't wait until you have wholesale issues until you try to meet the need. You do it beforehand. What's going on, Ed? Well, the need he's talking about is getting black voters out of the polls. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was no fraud. That was the problem. So let's cure that problem before we have another election. And black people out of the polls mean more white people, white males have victories. So this is clearly a program aimed at a single place. I think it's going to backfire. Nothing would make me matter, and I think most Black Americans who are better educated than they were at the time of the, the uh, movements that Martin Luther King and others of us were in, than someone trying to take the vote away from us now that we have it. I think this is going to be a big backfire, and it will probably backfire with young whites as well. Mm. I think they're digging a deep grave by this because it says they're against what the first sentence of the United States Constitution says. All men are created equal. Of course, Democrats are trying to cut this one off at the pass as well. Uh, Biden has passed an executive order on voting rights, and there is this uh, this massive HR1 voting rights bill that is really looking at rethinking the U.S. voting system. What's actually in these, Ed? Well, the voting, uh, both of these bills, I uh, have several provisions that are important. One of them is the access for every registered voter or every eligible person to vote. It would mean in most states, the state would have to have a reason not to send a voter card to a person who was otherwise eligible, having a driver's license or some proof that they're resident of the state. Uh, many states already have this. When you get your driver's license, you also get your privilege to vote. Other states have a registration online, uh, and in those cases, some other identification must be supplied. And other states have something where they send something to every registered voter in the last election. That's the one Trump was thought was outrageous because it might go to a wrong address. Uh, that didn't happen very much. Most of the time, the post office simply returned it or sent it to the new address. So all these things are to get everyone who could possibly vote to the polls. Now, clearly, the Democrats think this will help them. It will help the Republicans as well, because more people will be informed and will vote. The other issue is, where are the polls? The polls now must be located in more convenient places. Remember. We talked during the election of Houston having one drop box in the center of the city for an area about a quarter of the size of New South Wales. That made absolutely no sense. Mm. That's an attempt to keep voters away from the polls. And thirdly, other silly methods can't be used. Like you can't say voters or the commissioner voting can have Saturday as a voting day. 
And finally, if this one comes through, anyone who runs for a federal office, but especially the president of the United States, must provide their income tax. <laughs> Unfortunately, following on from this one, it's been simmering away for a while, but I think it does follow on from some of these uh, issues with Republicans at the moment. They've fired shots in their latest front on the culture war, such as it were. Uh, Gay people, equal marriage, I think is by and large, conservatives lost the culture war on that, and it's by and large accepted by the mainstream at this point. Now they're sort of turning their eyes on trans individuals. And in recent days, Alabama is looking to pass a bill outlawing gender-affirming surgery. Mississippi has passed a bill forbidding transgender girls and women from playing sports consistent with their gender identity. No one's really asking for these things, but unfortunately they do hurt uh, real people. I mean, in Alabama, trans individuals or people with trans kids are are being told, just get out, get out of the state. We just don't want you here in Alabama. Ed, any thoughts on this? Well, shame, shame, shame on you. Uh, that means you're a real loser if you have to step on other people to affirm your own identity. Uh, I think what will happen here, and this is my own thought, states like Alabama are like the chicken that's just had its head cut off. It scampers around and then it dies. There will be such a groundswell by people within the state to say, stop picking on people. Let people find their own identity because it can be your kid, your grandkid, your neighbor. These bills are the last gas of the old white, white-haired male. Mm. And we've been trying not to talk about Trump, but uh, honestly, this week, uh, following CPAC, uh, it's just too delicious for me to resist. I'm sorry, the schadenfreude is just uh, too much for me. Trump is attempting to ban the Republican Party from using his name in connection with funding and campaigning and is instead encouraging people to donate directly to him in future rather than the Republican Party. Uh, Trump's harshest critic or most spineless sycophant, depending on which way the sun is shining, Lindsey Graham, fears Trump has the power to destroy the party moving forward. Any thoughts, Ed? I am delighted. (laughs) I think that Trump will take this money, use it as he wants, put money in people's campaigns, undermine many of the people who are now supposedly supporting him, Uh, turned the Republican Party into a circus. Uh, They were losing 6,000 people a week. Maybe we could make it 20,000. This sounds like fraud to the average person. You're giving money to Trump and not to the party. Trump is not in office. What am I doing here? Lindsey Graham's words almost sound prophetic. Uh, Really, you know, if we nominate Trump, we will be destroyed. The Republican Party will be destroyed and we will deserve it. Yes. (laughs) Lindsey does say some smart things every once in a while. He does indeed. Look, much has been made as well of Trump running in 2024. Look, we didn't discuss this last week. I don't really want to discuss it now. A lot could happen within the next four years in any case. 
Uh, for, one, for one example, the call Trump made to Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger encouraging him to find the right number of votes for Trump to win the state. Uh, look, more's been released on this this week, and it is going to an Atlanta grand jury. What's going on? Well, it's just if you decide it, uh, all of us heard that telephone call. I just need 11,100 votes. And surely you can find those someplace. Mm, not Sounds so. like a little bit of pressure that is illegal and violation of the Voting Rights Act. So Trump could, like Secorsi in France, end up in prison. Uh, a French president, an American president, prison that sounds like it was in about 1789 we're just going back to the good old days as Graham would say Ed and I will be back next week with all the latest from the land of the free and the home of the brave subscribe wherever you find the podcast and check us out on Facebook and Twitter at US of Ed